all-time favorite passages in the Word of God. I like them all, but I like this one too. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. He said, trust Him. We don't lean on my own understanding. I don't have to know everything. I don't have to have everything figured out. I just need to trust Him. What am I trusting in? I'm trusting in His trustworthiness. My faith is in His faithfulness. My hope is in what He has already done. My trust is in His unfailing love. You may be going through something tonight. You may not have it all figured out. Don't wait to figure it out before you get before you receive the peace of God. Just receive the peace of God. And just put your hand in His hand and let Him help you. Father, we come before you, Lord, tonight. And God, just thankful, Lord. Thankful, Lord God, for your mercy and grace. And Lord, I just believe tonight that you're reaching down, you're settling some storms, causing, Lord God, some some disruptions that are taking place to just begin to come to a calm. Lord, I just thank you tonight, Lord God, that, Lord, we can't understand everything. But, Lord, what we can do is trust you in everything. And, Lord, I just ask for your peace to rest upon your children tonight. I'm pleased to report that Danny Clayton is home from the hospital, doing well. He had a procedure on his heart uh, yesterday. Also, Grace Lyons is back home. She had surgery on her shoulder today. She's doing well. Eva is doing well. Uh, she needs prayer. She's getting a pacemaker put in tomorrow morning. So let's pray for her. Let's lift up Serena Helton as well. She needs a touch in her body and pray for her daughter, Faye. I know there's many others tonight, but could you right now just lift these knees before the Lord? Father, we come before your throne, and Lord, we just, we are thankful, Lord God, Lord, that your, your arm is not short that you cannot reach, nor your ear deaf that you cannot hear. And Lord, we pray, we praise you, Lord God, for the, for Lord, the praise reports. And Lord, we just want to stand in the gap, God, and continue to lift those uh, of our church family that are in need. Lord, we just lift them before the throne of grace and ask God that you would heal, God, their bodies, Lord. Let the procedures, Lord, go according to plan. Give them a speedy recovery. Lord, we ask these things in your name. And, Father, we love you and thank you, Lord God, for the provision of healing. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Praise the Lord. I want you to take your Bibles with me, if you will. I want you to go over to our text tonight. We're back in Luke. As you're turning there, uh, let me encourage you, if you missed the meeting uh, for CityServe, a new outreach endeavor, uh, Liz is, is taking charge of that. She's upstairs, but she'll meet you down in the foyer. If you're interested in that, please just uh, uh, talk to her. Also, the Empty Nesters, Saturday the 10th, uh, they're going bowling over at Shenanigans. All right, 5 o'clock, I believe you just meet up there. Uh, Savvy Sisterhood, a ministry to our single mothers. Uh, we'll be at the Adcock home on Sunday, June the 11th. And also, I hope uh, you've marked your calendars for Father's Day. Uh, it's going to be a, a great time as we celebrate our fathers. 
and a special guest speaker coming. Uh, I won't tell you who he is, though I'm very proud of him. He's about six foot four, good looking young man. Uh, his name is Jacob Sanders, and he'll be here with us. And so uh, he and I are working on a tag team, and so I hope you come. Uh, men, I will tell you, I've upped the prizes this year, so come on out. You're going to want to be here. All right, I got some, we've got some good giveaways. And everybody said amen. 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 If you can't get them here by the anointing, bribe them. Praise God. Let's look at, uh, let's look at Luke 1. Um, still talking about the marks of the move of God. The marks of the move of God. We're not, we are interested in fruit. Amen? We're interested in transformation. Interested in God reaching in, us discovering who he is, knowing him that we may make him known. And we've been looking here, we know we cannot do this without the the agency and the ministry and the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So let's ask the Lord's help in this service tonight just to reach down and to speak to us. Father, we love you. We love you. We love you, Lord God. And Father, I'm asking tonight, Lord God, that you would just peel back the heavens, Lord, and just reach down, Father, and touch our hearts for what touches yours. Lord, we see the state of our union. We see the state of our nation, Lord God. We see the state of the world, but Lord, we, we have hope. We have hope in you tonight that, Lord God, what is taking place and what is taking generations to accomplish, that, Lord, you can accomplish in the generations, Lord, by your spirit and by your power. And everybody said amen. Once you look here at Luke 1, let's go back to our text, Luke 1, 13. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great, verse 15, in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now as we look at that passage of scripture, and we'll talk about a little more tonight, we see the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It was likened to the power of Elijah, but we understand that that power that worked in Elijah was the power that was working in John, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes into an individual, he comes into a corporate group, he comes into a community, what does he do? He will make us distinctively different. Amen? Distinctively different. He will... He will People will look at you that knew you B.C., and they'll look at you and say, what has happened to you? Well, I've had an encounter with Christ. I'm not who I was. The old man is dead. You are looking at a new man, a new man in Christ. I'm not who I was. I am different than what I was. I'm not bound to what I was bound to before. 
distinctively different. We find that as we have seen when the Holy Spirit comes, and I love this beautiful aspect about the Holy Spirit, when he comes, especially on a congregation, especially on an individual, and you are a, the Holy Spirit is abiding with you, you are quick to repent. Amen? If you get off track, he'll get you right back. It, it's, it's a quick repentance. It's a, I don't have all this figured out. I'm trusting in the Lord. And if I get off track, he puts me back on track. You're quick to repent. We see when the Spirit of God comes, it, you don't have to beg and borrow and drag people into the house of God. When the Spirit of the Lord begins to move in a person's life, they passionately pursue God. They go after God. They're just like, I can't wait till the doors open. I want to get there. I want to hear what God's doing. I want to experience the presence of God. I want to know what he has to say about me. You passionately pursue. These are the marks of the move of the Holy Spirit. What are we after here? We are people who rely upon the Holy Spirit, not just for ministry, but for life. We need the breath of God as we inhale him. We may exhale the glory and the purpose of God in the world around us. But I want to zero in on this key verse tonight. He will also go before him, speaking John in the power of the Holy Spirit, will go before him, Jesus, <clears throat> in the spirit and power of Elijah, for what purpose? To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. The Passion Translation says it like this. He will go before the Lord as a forerunner with the same power and anointing as Elijah the prophet. He will be instrumental in turning the hearts of the fathers in tenderness back to their children and the hearts of the disobedient back to the wisdom of their righteous fathers. And he will prepare a united people who are ready for the Lord's appearing. Now, when the angel was there speaking this to Zechariah, prophesying and promising him what his wife Elizabeth, with her barren womb, that she would bring forth a child, and that child would have a purpose in life. We understand that every person has a purpose in life. If you're here and you're breathing, you've got purpose in life. It doesn't matter to me what anybody ever said about you or what you even think about yourself. God has purpose for you. He has a design for you. He has a plan for you. You can't fulfill that without him, nor would you want to. You're a vessel. You set yourself up and say, God, pour through me. Pour through me. Lord, I want to know you that I can make you known. But what we have here is we see that he is expressing to him he's got a purpose. But when the angel was speaking to Zechariah, he was echoing Malachi 4, 5, and 6. He was echoing that. Now, this is the, what Malachi tells us. It's the same reference in this passage of Luke. Behold I'm going to send you Elijah, the prophet. This is interesting to me. Before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children 
and the hearts of the children to their fathers. I'm reading the Amplified. A reconciliation produced by repentance so that I will not come and strike the land with the curse of complete destruction. So before the great and terrible day of the Lord, he's going to send forth the spirit of Elijah. When Jesus came the first time, was it the great and terrible day? No. What is, what is Malachi referring to here? Second coming. Before the second coming before the second coming of Christ. And the second coming of Christ will be the great and terrible day where there'll be no more room for repentance. There'll be no more room to turn around. There'll be no more room for the nations to find a place of privacy to sit, get down with God or a place in public. It's going to be at the end of the end. But before that day comes, what will happen? The spirit and power of Elijah will come, and what will he do? He will begin to reconcile relationships he will begin to take fathers whose hearts have turned away from their children and he can start turning those hearts back to the children. Amen? So we see here, we look a little further. We see that the, in the power of Elijah, that power there is dunamis, power, might, strength. It is physical power, force, might, ability, efficacy, energy, meaning, power, powerful deeds, deeds showing physical power, marvelous powers. It's the same word used in Acts, the first chapter, when Jesus tells his disciple, go wait until you be endued with power. What power? Deutimus power, power of ability. We're going to need, I want you to hold on to that because we're going to need that little, that, that, that word before we're finished here. Properly, it's the ability to perform. It is the power to achieve by applying the Lord's inherent abilities. It's power through God's ability. Amen? And so this heart that we speak of here, this heart is literally the mind, the character, the inner self, the will, the intention, the center of the person. Now, as we look at this, we understand that the enemy knows the word as well, if not better, than we do. When he came to bring temptation to Jesus, what did he use? It is written, it is written, it is written. He knows the word. And he knows the power of the word. That's why he tried to keep you away from the word. That's why he's after the seed. You get the seed, every, every tree has come from the, from, from the seed forward. Every plant you see came from a, from a seed. Every, every person that's in this room has come forth because of seed. Seed is a powerful thing. If he can keep you from the seed, he can keep you from the harvest. He can keep you from what God wants to do, which is to expand Eden upon the earth, where God may have a dwelling place here on earth in you and through you. 
So as we look here, what we see is that he understands the word of God and he understands the power of fatherhood and he understands that if he can destroy the home, he can destroy the church. If he can destroy the church, he can destroy the community. We understand that he's not greater than God, nor is he greater than the church because God dwells within the church. He dwells within the heart of every individual that has received him. But if we let our hearts turn away let the home become subject to the enemy then destruction takes place there's there's an agenda in our land today it, it doesn't take a a, a psychologist, a theologist uh, to understand that there's an agenda in the land today and it's the disruption of the family. It is the distortion of identity. It is to destroy individuals to prevent the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth in every nation and every generation. It is the work of the enemy. It is what the enemy is trying to do. Is trying to falsify the truth of God's word and he's trying to destroy homes and he's targeted fathers because fathers have a place in the home that God has uniquely designed and set down so that his structure so that we may come to the place children of God hear me so that we can come to the place where we understand he is our father and we are his children and if he can disrupt that natural fatherhood he can ultimately try to disrupt what is ultimately meant as a role of a father in a home is to express the heart of the father so that people may come to know him so if you can take the father out of the equation you can disrupt the mindset of individuals so much so it will distort their view of the Heavenly Father. It's systemic, and it is certainly an epidemic in our land. Fatherless homes. Now let me just take just a moment before we get to the hope, where we want to go tonight. But I feel I've got to, I feel I've got to build the, the burning platform. You know what I'm saying? You got to see it for what it is. You got to hear it for what it is. You're aware of it, but but you may not be fully aware. Statistics tell us that 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 85% of all children that exhibit behavioral disorders comes from fatherless homes. 71% of all cell phones that ring in church are from fatherless homes. No, it's, you know. I just I just so happen to remember to turn mine off, so I'm just teasing you, okay? Seventy-one percent of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. Seventy-five percent of all adolescent patients and chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes. Seventy percent of juveniles in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes. 85% of all youth sitting in prisons grow up in a fatherless home. What these statistics tell us, that children that grow up in fatherless homes are five times more likely to commit suicide, 30 time, 32 times more likely to run away, 20 times more likely to have behavioral difficulties, 
nine times more likely to drop out of school, ten times more likely to abuse chemical substance, nine times more likely to end up in state-operated institutions, and 20 times more likely to end up in prison. Data from the U.S. United States Census Bureau shows that nearly 18.5 million children grow up without their fathers, which has in return led to the United States owning the title of the world's leader in fatherlessness. We have an epidemic, folks. We have an epidemic, folks. See, because... A role of a father is to lead, to feed, and protect. The basic human need of every individual, especially children, is love, acceptance, and security. If the father's not there, they're not secure. If the father's not there, they're no, they don't feel protected. If a father's not there, they feel abandoned. They don't feel accepted. They don't feel secure, and they question the love. Now, you're listening to all of this, and maybe you're a single parent and you've got children at home. Let me just preface all of that by saying this, but God, <laughs> but God. Your children are not statistics, and you may be troubled by those, those realities. Those are, are, are an actual reality that happens, but God can take that individual, and he can transform that individual as he has, does this because this is what he does. He can take the, the, the hardest situation in the world, and he can turn it about. But I'm sharing with you is the condition of the world and the United States in which we live in. We live in a society that is reaping the rewards of the destruction of the enemy to the home. Destruction of the enemy to the home. He's taking fathers out of commission. So I applaud and celebrate godly men, godly men that stay out, toe the line and say, I understand my role, I understand who I am, and I will not relinquish my children to the enemy. I will stay my ground. I will not leave my post. I will hold the line for my kids and my grandkids. We have an epidemic. We know that fatherhood is essential to the development of children, the increase improvement of fathers. And the home leads to better results of a wide variety of outcomes. From economic prosperity, increased academic performance to, to proved social mobility, fathers in their respective homes continue to be a key indicator of success for the children. And it, it, this goes across every racial, ethnic, every social divide. When you've got a father in the house, and let me just say this, I'm reading from a worldly perspective or a, or a, or a, a non-Christian place there, just a, a, a place that was citing the benefit of fatherhood, but when you take a godly man who knows who he is in God and you put him in the house, he becomes the strength uh, and he will lead his family and his kids will be, they will feel the love, they will feel the acceptance and they will feel the security because he knows who he is. Amen? Amen. And they will know who they are. <laughs> they won't be misidentified because of something else that happened in the world around them. 
And folks, we see here, I want you to flip over to 1 Kings, the 18th chapter. And I know I, I painted a very grim picture, but I, it, it doesn't take a whole lot of insight to look around and see this is where our world is at. This is where our world is at. And this is not a slam on fathers, and this is not a, this is not a tool in order to incite fear in single mothers. Because we have God. Amen? And we understand that we have a role. And some of you are, are, are ha you're having to do dual roles. A father is supposed to lead his family to the Lord so they can know the Heavenly Father. But I'm telling you, the father can, he knows where his kids are at. God's grace is sufficient. Once you look at 1 Kings it's amazing to me that we look at the parallels in the Word of God and we see the similarities of the day that Elijah first stepped onto the pages of history. The same, same scenario that was taking place. And we see the heinousness of our, of our land today, but let me tell you, there's been times in history, if you go back and study the Roman Empire, it'll, it'll literally, you better get, a, better get you a Better get you a puke bag because it'll make you puke when you start listening and seeing how rampant sexual degradation was during that time. It, it is disgusting. Pedophilia was not uncommon. It wasn't uncommon for a Roman emperor to have a small child as a spouse it was disgusting those are the days that the church was birthed why because the church was the answer to the heels of the world we live in a difficult time we understand that but it's it's there there are pages in history that tell us that we live that there's still power in the power of God and there's still power in the gospel now in Elijah's day it had carried on for generations. There was an ungodly leadership. Imagine that. A nation with an ungodly leadership. I know you can't. I'm just trying to help us here. And, and you think about how that leadership just kept pointing the covenant people. See, it should have been a covenant leader, but instead he was in covenant with someone else, with Jezebel. And, and the whole worship was centered around perversion and they just kept putting laws in place outlawing anything that had to do with Jehovah worship and celebrating everything that didn't so just kept provoking and provoking God got tired of it so what did he do he sent Elijah Elijah, get over there. Call for a famine in the land. Sometimes those famines are not from the devil. Sometimes it's God getting a hold of a nation. Let's call a famine on their resources. Let's call a famine on, their, on, their, on what they're trusting in and what they're trying to sacrifice to. Let's just go ahead and cut down their stock market. Let's disrupt their retirement plans. Y'all don't shout me down now. 
Let's just call for a famine on the land, the very thing that they're sacrificing their children for. Let's go ahead and put a halt to it. Let, it, let them stew in it for a while. Let them stay there for just a little bit because i got to get their attention. They're not going to understand unless I get their attention because they might just get a little blessing and go right back to where they were. Let us just go ahead and just set the stage for what God wants to do. And so he sets the stage for three and a half years. Not one drop of rain fell from the sky. Hmm. They kept sowing their fields, but no rain. They kept going out and looking at the skies and no clouds to be seen for as far as you could look. And Elijah shows up and he says, all right, Obadiah, get over there and tell Ahab, meet me on Mount Carmel. Get over there and tell him to meet me. I've got to, there's going to be a showdown at Mount Carmel. Beautiful place, Mount Carmel. I got up on the top of that side of that mountain. Elijah said, okay, I'm, this, is the, this is what the word of the Lord is, or this is what I'm challenging you to. It's a death challenge. You're going to build an altar? I'm going to build an altar. Got two altars there. I'm going to build an altar, you're going to build an altar. I'm going to let you go first, so you build your altar, then I'll build my altar. Because there seems to be far more of you than there is of me. There are 450 to 1. If we throw in the, the prophets of Asheroth, we got 851. Seems like some unbalanced odds, doesn't it? Sometimes it seems like there's a whole lot of the world against the church and against individuals, uh, but nonetheless, Elijah calls the challenge. Give us two bulls. You sacrifice yours, I'll sacrifice mine. You put your altar in order. You just go ahead and make your sacrifice on your altar and you call upon your God, and I will call upon Jehovah God, the only true God, the one God who is more than able, who will answer. Elijah gave them plenty of time. They started, the Bible says in chapter 18, that they started at the time of the morning sacrifice. At the time where Israel should have been sacrificing a lamb in their daily worship to God, he allowed them to go ahead and make their sacrifice. They cut the sacrifice and they laid the bull on the altar. They laid the bull on the altar. They cried for three hours. Not a peep, not a word, nothing. Elijah just began to taunt them a little bit. In Elijah fashion, where's your God? Where's your daddy? What's going on? And nothing's happening. They got a little panic stricken. This is a life and death. What did they do? They started mutilating their bodies to get a response from their God. The sad reality is there's a world that continues to mutilate their bodies in order to find something they can't find in themselves. It breaks my heart. Let me tell you, 
The lesbian, the homosexual, the transgender, they're not the enemy. They're the target. And the fact is, they're living in a sad place because they have believed an identity that doesn't belong to them because somewhere on the way, somebody told them the voice of culture was louder than that of a father who was not there. It was louder than a, than a situation that they were in. And you may have children struggling in those areas, and I'm not trying to put you into condemnation. I'm just saying that there was a, your children still have hope in your prayers because you're prayers are stronger than the stronghold but what we see there is a culture became so loud it sounds so convincing uh, that the love acceptance and security that they couldn't find they found uh, in that in that identity that was false and it was destroying them and they're making sacrifice on an altar and nothing is happening so Elijah said get out of the way you had your turn. <laughs> I just feel in my spirit the Lord saying, you've had your turn. Now step aside because I'm about to step up. Step aside, I'm about to step up. The Lord spoke to me two, three Sunday mornings ago, and he just simply said, I'm tired of the mistreatment of my children in the land. It tore my heart up because it was the voice of my father speaking and he just said I am tired of it and so I believe with all of my heart the message that I'm preaching to you tonight is that the Holy Spirit is here in these last days and what is he doing he's going to reconcile relationships he's going to begin to turn the fathers he's going after the kids uh, by going after the dads uh, he's going after those uh, that are lost and weary because he wants to bring them back and he wants to take away that false identity and that false sacrifice that is being made uh, and give the one true sacrifice which is Jesus Christ so Elijah said get out of the way Elijah the man did his part he repaired the altar he repaired the altar he repaired the altar of the Lord and he laid the sacrifice on the altar. Reuben, they're saying you're somebody other than what I've called you to be. I'm going to put you here at this altar. And I'm going to lay the sacrifice on you. Simeon, you've been told that you're something other than what you are. You are not an idolater. You are a covenant child of God. And he put him back at the altar and he laid the sacrifice upon him. Levi, Judah, Issachar, Dan, Zebulun, Joseph, all of them he brought and he laid the sacrifice on top of them. Two altars. Altar to a false identity, an altar to true identity, an altar to a false God, an altar to a true God. This one did not answer, but what now we have done our part. We have put all of our eggs in this basket. We have put all of our hope here in this moment, and we've laid the sacrifice, and now he turns to the heavens beyond the earth. He looks above the crowd in the clouds, and he says, Oh, Lord, my God, 
God, Lord my God, you let them know that I have heard from you. And no sooner than he got to, as he called upon the covenant name of God, he couldn't even get the prayer finished. That the fire of God came down and it fell upon the altar and it consumed the sacrifice. It melted the rocks. It licked up the water. The Bible says it even licked up the dust. What did that invoke? Let's just read it. I don't think you believe me. I think you do, but let me just. He said, hear me, O Lord, hear me. That this people may know. God, I'm praying, Lord, hear us. Hear us, O Lord. That our family in this world may know that you are the Lord God that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, consumed the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust. It licked up the water that was in the trench. And I love the results of what happened here. Now when all the people saw it, They fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and he executed them there. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up. Eat and drink, for there's a sound of an abundance of rain. What is our part? To repair the altar. It's funny to me that the altar was made of stones that had names. Twelve stones, twelve tribes. can't tell you the number of times I brought my kids in prayer to the altar. And I built an altar. And I laid the sacrifice of Christ over the top of them. Because just my relation, mama's relationship is no guarantee that they're going to have a relationship. There's no guarantee. But they have a greater chance if they got somebody praying for them. They got a better chance if somebody's bringing them and creating an altar with their name on it (laughs) and putting a sacrifice down on top of them and saying, let the fire fall. Let the fire fall. Let the fire fall. Lord, illuminate the sacrifice. And at the time of the evening sacrifice, at the very moment when Christ Jesus himself would give up his spirit and yield himself to the sacrifice of all mankind, was the very moment when the fire that Elijah was crawling out, crying for, this when the fire came down at the time of the evening sacrifice. What does the Holy Spirit do? He illuminates the sacrifice of Christ. Oh my God, he illuminates the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a faulty gospel. 
gospel being preached in the world today that's saying God will reconcile to you. Oh, no, my God. That's not a very powerful message. It is when we reconcile to him through the power of his spirit that things will begin to change. I went by who I thought I was from the beginning, what was told of me. I wouldn't be here today. I had to get to where God wanted me to be. What does he say about me? What does he want from me? What was he desiring? See, Elijah's part just slap some names on some rocks and stick them in an altar and put the only sacrifice that matters on top of that. And then call out upon the living God who hears and knows and answers prayers when we're praying according to his will for that great and terrible day of the Lord, the spirit of Elijah. A spirit of Elijah. A spirit of Elijah. What is he going to do? He's going to start turning the hearts of the fathers to the true center of themselves and say, you've got a job to do. Get back to work. Get back to the place that I've called you. Get back to the position I have set you. What happened? When you illuminate the sacrifice of Christ and you see him for who he is, it will cause spontaneous worship. The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. I've had people walk into the house of the Lord, never experience the presence of God, and the fire of the Lord fall upon them, and they start lifting their heads and, oh, there is someone in here that I can feel, but I cannot see. He is real. Notice what else happened. You didn't have to take long, drawn-out process of destroying the idols, worshipers. Bring them down. We went to Mount Carmel, beautiful place. And it's a pretty steep hill. So from the where they made the sacrifice down to the creek is a long way. They grabbed those boys and girls and whoever it was, and they drug them down the side of that hill, and they slew them there. Then Elijah had to make his way back up the side of that mount. He got down on his hands and buried his, buried his head in his lap, and you could see from Mount Carmel, you can look over and you can see the, uh, the sea that he looked at. Imagine standing there on the very spot that Elijah was standing and we're looking out at the sea that Elijah was looking at and he said uh, he'd send his servant over there and he'd already prophesied to Ahab said you're going to need to eat and drink and get on the road because the rain is coming rain is coming boy rain is coming uh, and so how did he know that he went over and he looked at the sea sent his servant and said I want you to go over there and look tell me what you see I don't see anything but a sea Go look again. Nothing. Do it a third time. Nothing. Keep going. Nothing. And he went to the seventh time. The, I won't get into that tonight. But he said, now what do you see? He said, I see a cloud rising out of the sea. 
I see a cloud rising out of the sea. I see a cloud as the size of a man's hand rising up out of the sea. If you understand prophecy, you understand the word of God. Seas represent people. Seas represent nations. And there wasn't an outpouring until there was a, there was a rising up out of that sea. Who rose up out of the sea and was gathered up in the clouds? While you men of Galilee stand here looking up into heaven, he that went away the first time, he he most definitely is coming back the next time. But before he gets here, before he gets here, church, the spirit of Elijah that's going to start turning the hearts of the fathers back to the children. And let me tell you, as a product of dysfunction, I'm speaking to those who understand what I'm talking about. When I made the father my father, when I made the father my father, my world changed. And what I couldn't do before, I can now do. What I wouldn't do before, I now do. What was inconceivable to me, I now through inheritance and by the power of the Holy Spirit enable to do. So even the fatherless who maybe whose natural father didn't come to them, I believe that the heart of the heavenly father is going to reach down and he's going to begin to make those children understand that he is their father. And they're going to walk in the love and the security and the acceptance that he has for them. And now they'll begin to function as they should on earth. My God, can we build an altar tonight? Nothing grieves me more than to see, I'm telling you, my God, who came up with the bright idea to make June the LGBTQTNG, whatever. I think we ought to pray against all this false identity that keeps, keeps people in bondage. Keeps them in bondage. Bible says that they will say, call good evil and evil good. When it's okay to perform ever devilish act towards our children, call it good. They call the love of Christ evil. It's a messed up world we're in, church. God, we're making a sacrifice, laying the sacrifice of Christ on our children. Come on, church. Come on, church, help me tonight. Oh, Spirit of the Lord is here. Spirit of the Lord is here. Spirit of the Lord is here. He's here, he's here. Holy, 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 holy. Lord, my God, you just said to build an altar. Put the names on the altar, Lord God. 
We bring our children, our children's children. God, we bring the unnamed, Lord God, the destitute and the dying, Lord God. Lord, my God, we bring them up, Lord God. We repent as a nation. Come on, church. We need to repent as a nation. Oh, my God, for the fatherlessness, Lord, in our land, almighty God. Lord, come on, begin to cry out to the Lord. Let your voices be heard. Begin to call upon God. Ask the Lord to help you. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Ask the Lord to let you understand who you are. Oh, mighty God, you are worthy. Mighty God, you are worthy. Those of you who are able, I want you to come and find a place. Find a place at the altar. Let's take a few minutes, if you will. Let's take a few minutes, if you will. Begin to cry out to, to God. Begin to cry out to God right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Begin to pray for your children. Come on, pray for your grandchildren. My God, what a world that they have, they have inherited. Come on. Oh, merciful God, we love you. Merciful God, we need you. Merciful God, we magnify your name. Lord, we ask in this house tonight, Lord, that my God, you begin to move. Holy Spirit, pour out. Holy Spirit, pour out. Holy Spirit, pour out. Holy Spirit, pour out upon this place, upon this house, upon these altars, Lord God. Let us begin, Lord God, to see, Lord. Let us see our children crying under the fire-filled altar of God. Let them begin to cry out, the Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Lord, you're going to reconcile relationships. And Lord God, the relationship you are reconciling is Lord God the heart of the humanity to yourself Lord God you are our father you are our father oh mighty God I pray right now that you begin to move into hearts move into homes move into generations Lord God let us build a work, God, that will last, Lord God, well beyond our lifetime. Oh, merciful God, I pray tonight, Lord God, that the fire of God, let the fire of God fall. Let the fire of God fall and illuminate the sacrifice of Christ. Let the fire of God fall and illuminate the sacrifice of Christ. Oh, God, you proved you wanted to do it. Lord, Oh, John walked in your power, Lord God. But, Lord God, we've got to have the power of Elijah. We've got to have the ability of Elijah. Lord, let the dunamis, Lord God, begin to fall. It was fire that fell, Lord God. Lord, cloven tongues as a fire rested upon each one of those altars, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. We plead your blood and we call our children out. We call them out, Lord God. Lord, we declare that they are healthy, whole, that they, Lord God, are going to know who they are in you. And Lord God, there's going to be a revival among 
our children. That they're going to rise up, Lord God. And, Lord, they're going to refuse, Lord God, this doctrine, Lord God, that is being pushed in their face. They're going to refuse, Lord God, the doctrine of false identity, Lord God. Oh, merciful God, I reclaim the month of June for the kingdom of God. I reclaim the month of June for the kingdom of God. Oh, my God, I pray. Lord, just as the prophets, Lord God, in Jeremiah that prophesied falsely, Lord God, let them find their death. Let them find their end, Lord God. Let them find their end, Lord God. Let them find their end, Lord God. God, we ask for mercy, 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 Lord God. Mercy, Lord. God, have mercy. 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 Let every one of our children, Lord God, turn to you. Let every one of our grandchildren turn to you, Lord God. Let every one of our descendants, Lord God, turn to you, Lord. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Holy, holy, holy is your name. Holy is your name, Lord. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. God of mercy, God of mercy. Oh, Father. Father, have mercy. Oh, hallelujah. Men of God, hear me. Men of God, hear me. The Father is your Father. The Father is your Father. The Father is your Father. Women of God, hear me. Your, the Father is your Father. Oh, your Father may have failed you, but your Heavenly Father never will. You will never make it without the help of God. Let God be your Father. He'll give you the acceptance, the love, and the security you need. Oh, my God, find your identity in Him. Oh, merciful God, you're worthy. Merciful God, you're worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Merciful God. Merciful God. I pray for this nation, Lord God. Nation, Lord God, it's ripe for judgment, Lord. Much has been given, much is required. Lord, we've been given much as a nation, Lord God. Much has been required. Lord, my God, for the gospel and the kingdom's sake, Lord God, I pray that you will keep America intact. Oh, God, I praise you, I praise you, I praise you, Lord. Father, move by your spirit, Lord. Move by your spirit, Lord. I want you right now to begin to call in those backslidden children. Come on. Come on. Call their names out. Call their names out. Call their names out right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, bring them in. 
In the name of the Lord God, let them awaken, Father. Lord God, to the slop that they're eating, Lord God, let them turn. Let, Lord God, whatever media platform, Lord God, and whatever identity that, Lord, they're identifying with, Lord, let it, Lord God, just begin to turn. Let it begin to turn on them, Lord God. Let it begin to, Lord, let them begin to see. Let there be a divine dissatisfaction, Lord, begin to come over them, Lord, right now. As they turn, Father God, and they come back to you, Lord. Oh, Father, you are worthy. Father, you are worthy. You are worthy, Lord God. Father, I pray for unity in the body of Christ. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you will open the womb of this house. Open the womb in this house, Lord God. Lord, just like Lord God, Elizabeth, the barren womb, Lord God, she gave birth, Lord God, to a John, Lord God, let there be a birth in the barren church, and Lord God, let us begin, Father God, to see the Spirit move, oh, let us see the Spirit move, that vision, God, infuse the heart of the church, Father, we love you, God, we need you, God, we need you, Lord. Holy, 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 holy.